losing your cool on your kids never really feels great. And even if it feels good for a moment, you know, it probably does feel good for a minute and we release that anger, but almost immediately we're consumed with that mom guilt, realizing that we've done something wrong. Honestly, we're not meant to discipline from a place of anger, but how can we discipline from a place of peace when sometimes it's just our kids can be so triggering and provoking and can just really push our buttons. Well, today we are talking about four shifts that you can make that will help you discipline from that place of peace because the Lord has a better way, one that doesn't involve mom guilt and being angry. So let's turn to his scripture and let's dive in. Hey mama, welcome to the Nourished Mom Podcast, where you're going to learn how to find balance between homeschooling, housework, and all the other things. God is calling your family to a life of peace and goodness, even on those days when you're trying to remember why you chose to homeschool, you just want a minute to yourself, and you're overwhelmed with a million things to do. If you're ready for simple routines, time management strategies, and biblical mindsets to transform your days from on balance to intentional, then you are in the right place. So set those kiddos up with some Legos, some independent work, or whatever is going to keep them engaged for the next 15 minutes while we dig into today's show. Welcome back to the show, ladies. I am grateful that you are here just hanging out with me as we talk about how to discipline from a place of peace instead of, you know, what we often turn to when we're provoked, that that place of anger, disciplining out of anger. And if we're honest, disciplining from anger never really feels right. That's why we instantly have mom guilt, right? And it's honestly pretty ineffective because our kids don't really listen to what we have to say when they see that we're provoked to anger. They might obey because they're afraid of the, the consequences, but it doesn't produce the heart change that we really seek. And honestly, disciplining from a place of anger, I believe is sinful. Proverbs 19.11 tells us that good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. So as I was walking this out with the Lord the past couple weeks, and like, it's not the first time I've walked this out with the Lord, but there are just so many lessons that that we have to learn again and again. And hopefully each time we learn them, the Lord is able to show us something new. He's able to go deeper with us and and change our hearts just a bit more. So as I'm walking through this with the Lord, I look up this verse and that word offense, that Hebrew word for offense can be translated into transgression, which for me isn't super clear either. So I Googled the word transgression. And when I read the definition, I was like, okay, okay, Lord, I'm listening. Because that word for transgression or the definition for transgression means an act that goes against a law, a rule, or a code of conduct. And wasn't that the exact thing that has been triggering me? When my kids go against my rules, 
So I looked up some commentary on that verse, and the Enduring Word commentary says that, I'll just read the whole thing. So it says, his glory is to overlook a transgression. A wise man or woman knows that they have been forgiven much, and this shapes how they deal with others. They don't act as if they must hold everyone accountable for every transgression, but know when to overlook a transgression. And I was kind of at the place recently where like everything was triggering me. Everywhere I looked, the kids were disobeying and it was overwhelming because how can I possibly deal with all of this when over here you're being unkind and over here you're being disobedient and over here you're whatever. But just everywhere I looked, all I could see were those transgressions. And the Lord really put it on my heart that I, I had to start overlooking some of those transgressions or I would never be able to discipline from a, pa- a place of peace because I would be so overwhelmed and so provoked and just, I was really taking it personal, like they were sinning against me. And the Lord just told me basically to let it go. And I think that's a place that we all have to be. If we are constantly looking at every offense, every transgression, and trying to deal with all of it, it's going to overwhelm us and it's going to overwhelm our kids. The Lord doesn't do that to us, right? He he teaches us one layer at a time. Imagine if he took us at the beginning of our walk with him and just laid it all out on the table and was like, these are all the things that you're doing wrong. Even now, walking with the Lord for years, I wouldn't be able to handle that. There's no way. And our kids can't really handle it either. So the first shift that we need to have is to realize that we need to overlook some transgressions and pray that the Lord shows us which ones we should be holding them accountable for and which ones we should be letting go of. All right. I don't know about you or how it plays out in your home when you confront your kids about something that they're doing wrong. I'm guessing it's similar to how it plays out in my house. So in my house, it usually looks something like this. I look at Silas or a forest and I say, you know, what's going on in here? Are you being kind to your brother or what just happened? And immediately, if they're in some type of confrontation or if I'm calling them out, they come up with excuses and reasons basically for why I'm wrong and they're right. And if I'm not careful... I will easily get pulled into an argument. They'll come up with an excuse. I'll tell them, you know, I'll come up with a rebuttal of why that's not right. They'll come up with another excuse and I'll come up with a rebuttal. And honestly, it can get pretty confusing. And I'm starting to realize that my kids are really good debaters. And I was also a good debater as a child. And I recently just apologized to my father, like (laughs) realizing how hard it must have been for him To have a child who was constantly pushing back and debating because I have kids that are doing the same. But when we get pulled into these arguments and we go back and forth with our kids, we get sidetracked from the real issue. We get pulled into nonsense. And I honestly, most of the time... (laughs) After it goes on for a while, I don't even know what the real issue was. It gets so confusing that we go on debating and it just, it really, it really takes away from being able to teach them the real issue, being able to teach them the real truth and what was going on in that issue when 
we let this arguing ensue. So as the Lord was walking me through this this week, my pastor preached on 2 Timothy 2, 22 through 26. And wouldn't you know that the Lord's timing is perfect. So I'm going to read this to you. One moment as I, I shift there. All right, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 2, 22 through 26 says... So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. So flee youthful passions. And the way that my pastor described it was youthful passions. Sometimes people want to think like sexual passions. But really what it's getting at is all of those youthful passions, the things that we're prone to in our youth, like being easily angered, being prideful. So we need to flee from these things. So right there, I'm already going back to you know, that it is a sin for me to be provoked. I need to flee from that that anger, that that tendency to be provoked. And not only flee, but pursue righteousness. It says, and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. So this is what I should be pursuing. And it says, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And it can get pretty foolish when our kids start to argue with us. And if we get sucked in, we're also being foolish. So we need to flee from that because it breeds quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach patiently enduring evil. So when we get of that in that mode of arguing back with our kids, we're now we're just trying to prove our point, trying to prove ourselves right, instead of really focusing on glorifying God. And it says that we need to be able to teach patiently enduring evil. So enduring evil brings me back to that first shift, overlooking transgression. Sometimes we have to just endure it. But it says patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. So in this, when Paul was talking to Timothy here, Timothy was getting a lot of pushback from from the church and I think he was in Ephesus at the time and there was a lot of pushback and a lot of people bringing up things that didn't really matter to just for nonsense for quarrels and Paul was reminding Timothy not to get sucked into these quarrels and he goes on to say so correct you need to correct your opponents with gentleness and doesn't it feel sometimes like our kids are our opponents I mean I don't I don't think that that is a place that we want to be believing, but sometimes it feels that way. So when it feels that way and they're coming up to us with that pushback, with that argument, we need to correct with gentleness so that God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of truth. So it's so important to remember that it is not us that are going to force our kids into repentance. We can keep on arguing and trying to get our point across, but we're not going to make our kids repent. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. It is our job to teach them the truth, to teach them the truth, and then to let the Holy Spirit do his work of leading them to repentance. It goes on to say, And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. 
So shift number two, do not argue and quarrel with your children. Simply state the Lord's truth and leave it at that and let them know that you're not going to argue about this. Go to the Bible and show them, you know, what the Lord says about the situation. Look up some Bible verses, but don't get pulled into that argument. Okay, the next shift. So we often want to justify our behavior, right? I think as sinful humans that we we all have a tendency to want to do that. You know, we come up with ideas like if our kids would just listen, if they would just obey, then I wouldn't have to yell. But I think it's important that we stop trying to justify our sinful behavior. And part from fleeing, part of fleeing from those youthful passions that we talked about in 2 Timothy, the passions of anger and pride and self selfishness is being aware of them. We need to be aware of our sin so we can repent and turn away and stop being the angry mom. Stop being the mom who yells that we don't want to be. We want the Lord to change our hearts. But in order for him to change our hearts, we have to be willing to admit our sin. First John 1 through 5 says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaiming to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, even with our children, guys. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Guys, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to admit our sins so the Lord can cleanse us. And I've seen this play out so many times. This is something that we practice often in our house. I am often coming to the kids and admitting my sin, asking for forgiveness. And guys, what the enemy has meant for evil, me being provoked and losing my cool, God has used for good when I admit my sin and repent. I'm always... Um, you know, really open to share what the Lord is teaching me and showing the kids, this is what I'm dealing with. Even going through this whole thing of the Lord telling me that I shouldn't be offended. I've been talking to the kids about it. And then we've been talking about how as a family, we should all not be easily offended. And we've been really helping each other with that. But guys, what the enemy has meant for evil, no doubt the Lord will take it and use it for good because he promises us that. So the shift that we have to make here is to take responsibility for your actions, to repent, to ask for forgiveness, to ask the Lord to reveal to you the sins that you can't see and the underlying causes of you disciplining from anger. And this will give you, give your children a biblical model to do the same thing. It's going to teach them how to repent, how to turn to Jesus for forgiveness if you can model it for them. Okay, shift number four. So we all have certain things that trigger us. You know what yours are, or maybe you don't. Maybe you need to figure it out. Um, I know what mine are. And when I don't, when I'm not aware of it, I sit down and I ask the Lord to reveal it. Because when we know what our triggers are, when we're clear on that, we can be prepared. We can make a plan. We can you know, look to what the scripture says and have a Bible verse that we can use in the moment. We can 
you know, come up with a calming tactic. We can come up with a plan to use when that trigger arises. We can suit up in the armor of the Lord. Lately, cleaning the bedroom, having the kids clean the bedroom is a trigger for me because Forrest, my youngest, um, really can resist authority. And that is definitely a trigger for me. I know it's a trigger for many parents. And sometimes I need to overlook that offense. Honestly, sometimes when I ignore it, it it goes away and it's better and we can resume our day. And then if it needs to be brought back up later at a later point in the day, then I can bring it back up from a place of peace where he's not angry, I'm not angry, and then we can talk about it from that place of peace. But honestly, when he's going to get in that mood of resisting authority, I can usually see it coming. And if I can't see it coming, I know what situations usually trigger it. So become aware of this. So for us right now, it's... um cleaning the bedroom, doing chores, taking a shower. These are the things that are triggering him. And in turn, because of his behavior, they are triggering me. And when we are aware and expecting when these things can happen, we can be prepared. We can plan our escape. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says... God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Ladies, that escape is turning to him. So be prepared. Ask him to reveal to you what the triggers are. Ask him to reveal to you where scripture can speak to this issue that you're having and arm yourself with those Bible verses. Arm yourself with a plan. Maybe your plan is to leave the bedroom when your son starts rolling on the floor, screaming and crying because he doesn't want to clean his room and just go and say a prayer. Maybe your plan is to just start praising and worshiping. Maybe your plan can be to say a prayer for your child or thank the Lord for your child. Come up with a plan that is going to bring glory to the Lord and he will help you escape that temptation, that temptation to lash out in anger and start disciplining from a place of anger. We all have these habits that we fall into. These just, you know, when we're triggered, we go, our mind goes a certain way. But you can reprogram those habits so that you can react in a new way, in a new habit that brings glory to the Lord, that brings peace to your home. So shift number four is to know your triggers and be prepared. Be prepared. Suit up in the armor of God. Be prepared. And ladies, so those are your four, your four shifts to discipline from a place of peace. I would love to hear your tactics on how you discipline from a place of peace. What has the Lord been teaching you? Jump into the Facebook group and share how you're disciplining from a place of peace with hashtag discipline with peace so we can encourage each other as a community and lift each other up and help each other on this journey. We all face similar trials as we do this motherhood thing, as we do this homeschool thing, and we can surely encourage each other and share what the Lord is teaching us. Ladies, I'm so grateful for you. I just pray that the Lord truly uses this show to bless you and to help you grow closer to him. I know that he is honestly using it to bless me. Every time I come on here and walk things like this out with you, it is such a blessing to me and the Lord reveals things to me and 
it's an honor. And I would be so appreciative if you could leave a review to help other moms find the show too, so that hopefully it can bless them and help them walk out their motherhood journey and their homeschool journey with the Lord. Ladies, I pray that the Lord bless you and keep you. I pray that the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you, that he turns his face towards you and gives you peace through this journey, that he equips you to discipline and train your children from a place of peace instead of from a place of anger. In Jesus' name, amen.